Good morning. Uh, welcome to Sunday. It is um, the last Sunday of September. Man, this year has blasted through with a vengeance, hasn't it? We are into fall. Um, I'm looking out my office window here. The beautiful green ryegrass field has been planted for the fall season and been expecting to see deer on it any time. I haven't seen that yet, but beautiful weather in Oklahoma. Um, I actually saw a memory from two years ago that said I woke up this morning two years ago to 46 degrees. I sat on my front porch drinking coffee in a hoodie. That's pretty cool. I'm not quite there yet today, but we do have some beautiful weather going on in the midst of a chaotic world, right? So um, how many of y'all are ready for this one to be over? I actually heard uh, a, a deal the other day about not setting my clock back this year because I don't need another hour of 2020. So I thought that was pretty funny. I agree, unfortunately, we don't need another hour of this year, do we? Well, with that in mind, I want to share with you a word this morning that um, came pouring in. <laughs> we, um, I have a good friend of mine, uh, He was, him and his wife were on our youth leadership staff when we were in New Mexico, uh, Carlos and Stephanie Martinez. They are, um, there's a lot of stories about Carlos. Um, Carlos is my right hand and uh, great friends, still great friends with him. And Carlos and I get to chat, uh, not as much as we used to, but occasionally uh, God will put each other, one of us on each other's heart and we'll, we'll get to spend some time on the phone. And that happened earlier this week. And <laughs> I, was, I called him, or he called me, and, and we were sharing some things. And, and through some of the things we were sharing, I wound up writing like three sermons that night or putting the premise together for three different sermons. And and uh, we, we talked a lot about our iron sharpening iron and how that works. And but had a great, uh, great time visiting together. But part of part of what came out of that was a message that I'd already started, but God just really focused in on for this week. And 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 it's literally that the title is called "Stand Strong, Stay Focused." So, so keep that title in mind throughout this message: "Stand Strong and Stay Focused." I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. I've got several pages of notes here. I'm gonna try to get as quickly as I can. But I, I really feel like this is. Um, this is solid word from the Lord right now for where we are, and I, and I really want you to catch what it's saying. What a, what a mess we find ourselves in today. Uh, I found myself trying to limit my interaction with, with social media these days as I, I just get so consumed in what I see, and I, and I wind up having to interject into, for lack of a better way to describe it, ignorance. Um, man, I, I try desperately to stay out of certain things, but, but sometimes somebody's comment can just simply be so ignorant that I'm going to have to interject some truth into it. Um, but it's, there's such blatant ignorance and, and disregard for what, for what is right and what is truth. Such disrespect of anything that, that was once held sacred. Uh, the, the, this world is, is so chaotic. I find myself caught up in conversations where I'm laughed at. I'm mocked for my belief. I'm ridiculed for my narrow-minded view of truth. I'm verbally stoned for my faith. What are we supposed to do with all this mess? How can we walk through this crazy time? It's not ever been this bad before. I mean, have you ever have you thought that in your mind yet? Have you have you heard those words spoken by someone yet? Man, it's never been this bad before. It's never been this crazy. This we've never seen this in this world before. Ever read the account of Noah and his ark? Now you realize that in, in Noah's day, 
when, when this when the setting is placed for Noah, that that in that time frame it hadn't even rained. They, they didn't even know what rain was. Uh, the, the the ground was actually watered through dew, the the dew process, the moisture content coming up out of the ground, the, the, the dew, however dew works, the moisture content in the air. And in Oklahoma, we have a lot of dew this time of year. You can't walk outside getting your shoes wet. But but that's that's how they, they them people didn't even know what rain was. They they um, they'd never seen rain. That they, they'd never been rained on. They had no idea what a boat was or what it was for. Now they'd never even seen a large body of water, not even a mud puddle. Consider that. You know, I, I grew up in central Oklahoma, rural. You know, we had ponds. We had, we had ponds everywhere. You had a local lake. You had, you know, we fished. We were always on the water somewhere. We were either swimming in it, boating on it, fishing in it, whatever. But but I grew up around a lot of water. A long time before I saw the ocean, but that was a magnificent piece of water as well. But you think about that. These people had not ever even seen standing water unless it was in a vase or a cup drawn up out of a well. So in 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 the in the MOV, which is my own version, I get this envision of this vision of you know coming home from work and in middle of the week or whatever. And the first thing you do is you grab your lawn chair and your cooler and you roll it out there in the middle of your front yard and and you sit down and you watch and you make fun of Noah, who's across the street, your neighbor building a boat that you have no idea what it even is. I, I get that vision about Noah's day. Noah was mocked. He was made fun of. God had given him a word. And as he shared that word with other people, they made fun of him. They laughed at him. They told him he was a fool. But he knew what God had put in his heart, and he continued to build this boat, this huge boat. Now, you think about that. Good morning, brother. Oh, Kevin Hutchison, I love that guy. Um, Noah tried to tell him. He warned him. He gave him all this truth. Yet they mocked him. They threw stuff at him. They continued to live their life their way. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 through 39. And I'm going to use the New Living Translation on this. Matthew 24, 37, 39 says this. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquet and parties, weddings, right up till the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That's the way it's that's the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. That that's 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 Jesus himself writing this in Matthew twenty four. That's it's a recording of what he said to his disciples. When I come again it's gonna be just like it was in Noah's day. Them them people they didn't believe it, they didn't buy into it, they mocked it, they laughed at it until Noah entered that boat. I sealed that door, and the water came and swept them away. That's how it's going to be when he comes again. That that's think about that for a minute. That we're in that same. We okay. We've not seen this chaos before. Well, it's recorded in the Word. It's been here before, and we're back at that moment. So, what do we do until he comes? Most important thing for followers is to stay focused on Jesus. We can't allow ourselves to become distracted no matter the severity of the storm that we face. Now with that, I want to, one of my favorite, one of my favorite places in the Bible, one of my favorite stories is Peter. Peter and Jesus. Peter was a knucklehead. I, man, I can relate to Peter. 
Peter and I have a lot of things in common. That knucklehead is part of one, part of that commonness. But here he is in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to back up a little bit. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. And, and, and let me read this to you. This is, the, this is the account of Peter. Immediately after this, Jesus list, insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and, and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went out into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them once, at once and said, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat. I'm going to interject something right there. This comes out of the MOV because it's not, it's not recorded in anything else. But in my version, I have to believe that Jesus told all of them to come. Because they're all standing there looking at him and, you know, you know, mouth open, the tailgate look now from GMC. You know, everybody's got their jaw dropped. Because here's Jesus standing on the water. And I think when that when that bidding came, it was, y'all come on out here. Well, Peter's only knucklehead get out of the boat. He's, he's going to have to test this. So he, he, he climbs over the, the, the side of the boat, and he walks on the water towards Jesus. This is Peter, knucklehead Peter, walking on the water towards the boat or towards Jesus but when he saw the strong wind and the waves when he took his eyes off of Jesus when he when he got focused on the storm when he lost his his contact when he got distracted by what was going on around him he began to sink and he, and he immediately cries out save me Lord Jesus reached out and he grabs him and he lifts him up now again in the, in the MOV version which is my own version I have to record how did they get back in the boat? Because it's not seen in any other version of the Bible. But but I believe that Jesus and, and Peter walked together. It, it doesn't record that he, he picked him up and carried him back to the boat. You know, put his faithless tail back on the boat with the rest of them. But it says he reached out and he lifted him up. I, I have to believe he just simply lifted him back up to that same level, standing on that water, and him and, and Peter walked back to that boat together on the water. Man, how cool is that? The, what he says was, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and he said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? Man, we're always caught in that, doubting the Lord. When they climbed back into the boat and the wind stopped, then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. But notice that when they climbed back into the boat, the wind didn't stop until they got back in the boat. So the storm's still going on as Jesus walked on the water. He lifts, he lifts Peter back up, saves him, and in the midst of the storm, they walk together back to the boat. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. But in the midst of your storm, when you get your focus back on the Lord, when you cry out to him, he's going to lift you up in the midst of your storm, and you're going to walk together through that storm. Until you reach safety, then the wind will stop. Don't, don't, don't worry about things. Get your eyes back on the Lord. Get your focus back where it belongs and let him lift you up and let him walk with you through the midst of your storm. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
Here's a, here's a story from a friend of mine. I've actually ministered this before. This story is actually titled, Keep Your Eyes on Me. My friend and his son were processing cattle. They had about 100 head of cows to put into their system and into the right pasture. As they finished palpating, giving their vaccinations, putting them all in their appropriate pens, my friend asked his, his youngest son if he would take the feed truck and hook up to the 32-foot trailer. Now think about that. He doesn't really refer to how old his youngest son is here, but he's a kid. Hey, we'll go hook up that 32-foot trailer and pull it around here. As his son approaches the trailer, he begins to back up, peeping through the, the little sight window of the 3C feeder. If you guys seen feed trucks and big cake feeders mounted on the back, there's a little diamond-shaped hole in most of them, and so you can see to back up to your trailer. So he, you know, he gets he gets hooked up to this 32-foot trailer, and um, he he uh, find my place here on this flatbed truck, and he, he backs up, he hooks it up, and he pulls it through a lot of traffic. And it begins to back up to the chute. Now, this is a 32-foot trailer. I have to imagine that's probably a three-axle, 32-foot stock trailer. It's a gooseneck, pulled about one-ton truck. Now, he's wiggling this thing back through other things, backing it up to a chute. Now, I don't know how many of y'all got good experience backing up a trailer. Um, I've done a lot. I, I backing up a trailer really isn't that big of a problem. Certain trailers are easier than others. And, and I would tell you that a 32-foot trailer with three axles on a gooseneck other than the fact it's 32 foot long, it's probably a relatively easy trailer to back up for, for me if, if, you know, if I were to be doing it. But here's this, this kid backing this 32 foot trailer up and he's, and he's backing it up towards the chute. Now my friend sees him approaching the chute as he's backing up and he, and he yells at his day workers, hey, my son needs a little help, I'll be right back. Well, as he approached the feed truck, he received a text from his boy saying, hey dad, I need a little help here. So I, I kind of get an envision again, my own version here. I see this trailer kind of kind of wiggling back and forth, back and forth. You know, he, he's having trouble getting it lined up just where he needs it. You know, and you, you got to turn one way to make the trailer go the other way. There's there's a lot of things to backing up a trailer. So my friend gets to the chute and he begins to guide him back, showing him with his finger and encouraging him. You know, giving him giving him some of this or a little bit of that or a little bit of that, and and he and he and he's backing him up as he approached, getting close to this to this. Um, this, this deal following his dad's instructions and again it's a 32 foot trailer at one point he stops he puts a truck in park and he starts to get out this kid he's having trouble I mean he's a little spooky you know he don't want to tear up dad's trailer because that's going to get him in trouble and my friend says son get your butt back in that seat and keep your eyes on me keep your eyes on me he gets back in, he does exactly what his dad tells him to do, and he puts his 32-foot trailer right where it needs to go. You see, a lot of times we're like that young boy. We, we want to stop when things get a little tough. We, we want to stop when, when life throws a curveball. We, we want to stop when things aren't going quite the way we think they should. We want to stop right as we're, we're nearing our destiny. Kid was almost there. But he got he got scared. He he, he got distracted. He, he took his eyes off his dad. He was looking at his problems. You know, realized, man, I can't do this on my own. Which is which is very true. We can't do this on our own. And and, and God's saying the whole time, hey, get your tail back in that seat. Keep your eyes on me. Don't know well out now. You're you're almost there. Get your tail back in that seat. Keep your eyes on me. He is directing you. Just just. You just need to realize how much he loves you. God is not finished with you yet. He will stop everything and come to your side just to see you succeed. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Man, that's that's powerful word. If, if we just trust him with all our heart, if, if we quit leaning on what we know and trust in him, what he has planned for us, the things we can't see, the, the, the stuff we don't understand, but we trust him and we keep our eyes on him, he will make straight our path. Man, that's a good word. Look around you today. Chaos on every side, it seems. I've never seen our world so upside down as it is to, as it is right now. You know, my whole life, and I've, I've said this two or three times lately, you know, my whole life I've heard Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back. Could be tomorrow. Man, I, never in my life have I ever believed so powerfully that it could be tomorrow because of the chaos that we're recognizing in our world today. There's still a lot of things that need to align according to prophecy. There's there's a lot of stuff involved in, in the, the world coming to an end but man, we're getting close. And, and I just have to believe that God is shaking his head going, son, get out of my way. I'm going to get my people. I'm tired of this. But see, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is our intercessor. Jesus stands in the gap for us in heaven. Jesus is up there going, hey, hey, dad, wait, wait. Just just give him a little bit more time. Just give him a little bit more time. That That's free. That's not in my notes. I'm just throwing that in. Somebody needs to see that this morning that, that that's exactly where Jesus is, is he's fighting for you. He's fighting your battle. He's waiting on you. Some of you out there need to get your head on straight. Some of you need to get your eyes back on Jesus. Some of you have allowed the distractions of this world to drop you off and, and take you away from where you need to be. God's got a plan for you and he's got a purpose for you. And I'm getting all out of my notes here. Lord have mercy. Um, there's a lot of preacher out there that could just go for days. Let me get back in, let me get back in line here. Keep your eyes on him. Trust him. Follow him. And he will make straight your path. Look around you today. Chaos everywhere. People going crazy. Many have lost their moral compass. <laughs> moral compass isn't even in the dictionary anymore. I think somebody scratched it out. Maybe some simply never had one to begin with. People whom you thought were solid have turned their backs on what is right and what is moral. Many have aligned themselves with darkness. I've seen it. I've seen people who I thought were good people that have now aligned themselves with, with absolute darkness. I don't understand. I don't understand how they can become so blind. Look at what it says in Matthew 24, verse 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Man, that's it in a nutshell when you think about it. As a matter of fact, if you read verse 10, 12, and 13 in the New Living Translation, you'll see it this way, starting with verse 10 of Matthew 24. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures till the end will be saved. Now, I can take you to a place in Revelation where it says that seven times. The one who endures till the end. To he who overcomes. To the one who handles life until I come back. You're going to have a reward. Prophecy unfolding right before our very eyes every single day. So many things foretold in the Bible are being displayed right in front of us. I got a lot of people um, 
I got a lot of people I've known my entire life who do not believe in 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 the biblical sense of anything. They they simply don't believe what I believe. That's their prerogative. What's what's sad to me today is it's so blatantly truthful. It, it you can't deny what's been written in that word years and years and years, thousands of years ago that we're actually seeing displayed right in front of our eyes. How can you deny that God didn't have a hand in this? How, how can you doubt this? But because of the fog, because of the unbelief, because of the, the darkness that we allow ourselves to walk in, it costs us what we should have, a reward that we should have in front of us. Check out what Paul says, or was saying to Timothy. He was warning him. Timothy was uh, kind of like a, a spiritual son, if you will, to Paul. Um, he, he was a disciple of Paul's. He was a follower of Paul. But he was warning him about coming days and what he was about to see. And, and it was the dangers of these last days. It was 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1-5. through 5, New Living Translation says it this way. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. This is this is Paul telling this to Timothy, giving him instructions. However many thousand years ago it's been since this was written. Do, do you get it? This is exactly what we're seeing today. You you could put this into I could I could be saying this to you. Hey, listen, uh, Kevin, my my buddy Kevin that was on board here. Kevin, in these last days, it's going to be very difficult times because people are going to love their money instead of themselves. I, you could personalize this to anybody you want to talk to today because what this is written, however many thousand years ago, is, is unfolded in front of us right now. Disobedience, the loss of our moral character, the, 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 the slandering of others, the cruelty, the hate, the betrayal of friends, the, this puffed-up pride, this lover of pleasure rather than God. And, and this one, this this one line, they'll act religious. Man, there's people packing these churches today. There, there, there's churches got 70,000 people in them this morning, Houston, Texas. There's other places. There's, there's places that got 1,000. There's places that got 3,000. There's places that got 200. There's a place that's got 35. There might be a place that's got seven. And no matter the size of that congregation, the possibility is there that someone in there is acting religious, but they reject the power that could make them godly. What does that mean? It, it means you simply are living your life for you and not for him. It's time to surrender. And that's a whole other word I got going this week on surrender. That's going to be a message for another time. But listen, today, Today is the best day on your calendar to give your life to the Lord, to put these distractions to bed, to quit fighting this fight on your own and allow him to lead you, to allow him to make straight your path. 
there's no better time than the present. We are living in an exciting time. How, how, how do I do this? What we, We've got to live our lives in such a way that the lost in the darkness can see our light and, and it compels them to come, not drive them away. Others need to see your light shining. You know, the, the, the little simple kids thing, don't put your light under a, under a shade. You know, lift it up so people can see. We don't, we don't put our light under a, under a bushel. We don't put it under a shade. It needs to shine out so others can see. It's like a beacon of where to come home to. There's darkness all around us. People have to see the light. They've got to be able to be drawn to that light. Our role in this crazy time is to keep shining that light. We're, we're to continue to keep the lights on, the light of truth burning so that those who see it will know which way to turn. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, staying strong and staying focused. He will lead us home. Amen. I know that's a lot to pack in. I wish I could give you some more. I could probably preach for a while today. There's so much burning inside of me. This is our time. If you are not a follower of Christ, I'm encouraging you today to solve that problem. How? Simple. Surrender. Ask God to forgive you of the sin that's in your life. You know what it is. I, ain't nobody got to point it out. This is a simple equation. You tell God, hey, God, you know what? I'm not, I'm not who I think I am. I know I'm not living for you. I know I'm not living according to your word. God, today I ask forgiveness for that. I'm sorry for the things I've done against you, and I ask you to come into my life to wash me clean and make me whole. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might walk with you from these days forward. Man, it's that simple. It's that simple. But God is calling out to you this morning to do just that. Surrender to him so that he can do what he's put in you to do, so that he can use you in the way that he has inquired long ago of your life. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose. All you've got to do is surrender your life to him. So simple, yet such a difficult task. We've all been there, every single one of us. But I'm encouraging you today to find that place. Find it on your knees, find it in the seat of your truck, it don't matter. But simply say, God, today I give you my life. Fill me full of you so that I can do what you've called me here to do. So that I can be the man or woman of God that you've called me and created me to be. So that I can make a difference in someone else's life. God bless you guys. Thank you for your support. We love it. Um, life is going on. Life is going crazy. But life is good. And we're right in the thick of it. And we're thanking God every day for what he's pouring into us so that we can pour it into others. God bless you guys. We're, we're full tilt on everything we've got to do. Um, again, you can find us on the website, www.livingloudoutdoors. There's giving links there. Uh, our podcasts are on Living Loud Outdoors. You'll find them on nine different platforms. Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you want to be. Listen to those messages. Continue to listen to us. Continue to support us. Continue to follow us. We're just going where he leads us. That, that's our goal. Um, I'm hurrying now because I need to get to church. My, my, uh, one, of my, one of my past youth is preaching this morning, and I've got a prop she needs. So I'm on my way to church this morning. So God bless you guys. Have an incredible rest of your Sunday. Man, if you got any questions about anything I've said here today or that call for you to come to the Lord and you need somebody to visit with about it, feel free to shoot me a message. Feel free to find me on Facebook, uh, 
on our website there's a link to, to contact us however it may be if you need somebody to support you you need some help i'll be glad to do that with you so god bless you have a great sunday i pray you find yourself in an encouraged area of other believers today as you allow god to bring you closer god bless you guys have a great time see you soon